0: Welcome to the American Intelligence Media. My name is Douglas Gabriel, also known as Thomas Pain in the ass of the globalists. And I'm here today with my guest, Michael McKibben, to continue our discussion that we started. Welcome, Michael. Great to be here. You know, Michael, I may be a pain in the ass of the globalists, but I think you probably cause him a little pain sometimes, too. (laughs) And I just want to compliment you on that. And right today, what I want to do is smash some globalists. I want to smash them and I want to point out that what we were talking about before, that the British crown has not let go of us. We did not win the American Revolution and the War of 1812 demonstrated that. They came back and just beat the heck out of anything they could find, took what they wanted and left and it's never ended. The War of 1812 never ended either. So we are in the second American Revolution and we are fighting against globalists. And Donald Trump is a nationalist. He's restoring our borders. He's restoring our country and our republic and he was destroying the rule of law and the constitution. Now, remember the Brits don't have a constitution. They don't have freedom of speech, especially now that George Soros has taken over their freedom of speech. They don't have freedom of anything. They can't even ask their monarch why she steals so much money from them and where she puts it. They can't ask the monarch anything. And they have a system over there where you can't ask who's on what committee that is in charge of whatever they're in charge of. So you can never get to the bottom of anything. So, as Michael McKibben and his team of researchers pointed out in our michael, as his their spokesperson pointed out in our conversation previously, what we have is the Privy Council, and they have five hundred and ninety seven members who are loyal to the Queen, and the Queen runs her business through the Bank of England, but you can't ask about the Bank of England. And the guy who runs the Bank of England, David Walker, is in the Privy Council. The guy who runs elections worldwide and rigs them, they're in the Privy Council. The people who run and hold her golden shares and run them and capitalize on them and steal the money from the people of the United Kingdom and put it in her offshore accounts in one of her 54 Commonwealth nations. And by the way, Commonwealth, to me, that means she staked her, the crown, queen, king, whoever it is at whatever time, they take the wealth from the commoners. That's why they call it the commonwealth. And they take it and they keep it themselves. And that's what's going on. Now, my question to you, Michael, is, am I incorrect to believe that these nasty, greedy, ruthless, institutionalized evil members of the Privy Council that you have tracked like uh, a bloodhound and you've seen their trail of evil, and you've seen that it's caused deaths and destruction and chaos and economic terrorism everywhere. Do you think those are globalists? I just figured that out in my head.
1: Those are those Privy Council members and the Queen. They're globalists. Well, I think they define what globalism is, and uh, and so this agenda they have for uh, controlling the world through the financial systems. Has now, it appears to be giving way to a United Nations run uh, political agenda to control the whole planet and to do it using electronic technology and space warfare and satellite 5G so that uh, everything on the planet that moves and even doesn't move can be tracked. I mean, all of that's very clear. It's happening. It's just unbelievable. You can't make this stuff up. And Lord Malik
0: the man we talked about before that owns the election machines, the Smartmatic election machines, which are in 17 uh, states in America in the last elections. This person on the Privy Council uh, is truly, truly the epitome of a globalist. And he's, I don't think he, just I don't think the queen is a loyal Brit. And that's, it kind of shocked me. But then I should have realized that because, when you see it in America with the senior executive service, that's a cadre of military globalists who are the bureaucratic status quo, and they are placed there by appointment. If
1: anybody doubts that, just look at look at the uh, arrogance of uh, Rosenstein in the last uh, Senate hearing, or the House hearing. I mean, the, the arrogance is just off the charts, and where does he get that arrogance? He gets it from these people.
0: Where does Sir Richard Dearlove get the arrogance? to manipulate Christopher Steele into manipulating America's election through the Russian dossier and the framing of George Papadopoulos and Carter Page and the whole nonsense. Where do these Privy Council members get the gall? Well, they get the gall because they have so much to
1: protect. They have protection. I mean, think about the monarchy as a big protection racket. And that's the ultimate. I I think all of our corruptocrats in the US uh, are jealous of what the Privy Council has in England because uh, the the Queen is the ultimate protector for all of their sins.
0: And you can see that these Privy Council members are part of companies like Serco, like the Crown Agents, who stand in line to get their tax on any money flowing anywhere in any industry, whether it be uranium, whether it be gold. Oil, whether it be U.S. aid,
1: whether it be uh, guaranteed loans guaranteed by we the people in America, healthcare, pharmaceuticals, uh, they even go into the social services. They run uh, uh, the airports, entertainment centers, airports, buses, uh, our patent system, the the British patent system, the world patent system. It's got it all. They've got it all. They never let go. And their
0: system is just so pervasive. And now some will say also that they learned it from the Vatican. And if you look closely, yes, you will find that there are oftentimes Catholic, Roman Catholic priests behind a lot that goes on in America. And sometimes they are Jesuits and sometimes they're not. But just like we got to see the um, Judge Kavanaugh that was put forward for the Supreme Court in his speech last night thank a priest who 40 years ago he began his education being an altar boy with that priest and and then a tear came to his eye so there's a catholic priest who literally brings a tear to the eye of a supreme court justice possibility that shows that the catholic church does have some influence and when you hear his where he went to where did he go to well he went to a jesuit high school then he went to georgetown then he went to Yeah, so he's nothing but Catholics, and then he's still a Catholic, he's still doing all this Catholic work, right? The Catholics have an influence, but the Catholics are the older of the institutions. The City of London, the Bank of England, and the monarchy, and the way that it works together with the City of London, is basically just taking what the the, the Vatican, the Vatican Bank, and the Church, and the Knights of Malta, showed as institutionalized evil, and basically globalism, and making money off of refugees. That's their business now, the big business of the Catholic Church. Well, guess what? Lord Malik was the second in charge of the UN. And what's their number one business? Refugees. And how do they do it? Through the World Bank. He was the head of the World Bank. So these people are absolutely globalists. They don't care about their country. And it struck me that that's why the whole Brexit thing is going on, Brexit thing, because Brexit was George Soros trying to turn all the countries of Europe into one group that he could manipulate. And he still does, to this very moment, manipulate the European Union. And I didn't know how he manipulated Britain, but you have shown that Lord Malek is on the Open Society Foundation. He's, right. a, he's George Soros' right-hand he, man. He
1: actually was a director in several Soros funds, the Quantum Fund and one other one, uh, I forget. And again, he doesn't hide it. I mean, he's very open about it. And he gets his piece of the pie.
0: And he doesn't care. So he sold his country down the tubes. And now what we see is George Soros said he was going to put 10,000 people on the street to convince Brits that the Brexit election was illegal. Because he found that they gave too much money to one company when they were doing the promotion for Brexit. And that company was a front company for strategic communication logistics. And that's Sir Jeffrey Paddy, who's also a Privy Council member. Aggregate IQ said that they never really were a member of the strategic communications laboratories. And they said that was a lie, but they were paid too much money. And so George Soros was just about ready to get a revote on Brexit. Looks like there might not need to be because Boris Johnson has quit. Now, let me just say something about Boris Johnson. When George Papadopoulos was set up by Stefan Halpern and and uh, Anthony Wood and Sir uh, Richard Dearlove and all those people Miss Fudd, Miss Fudd, and uh, Alexander Downer and the whole group of Victoria Nuland, and that was all Hillary Clinton's State Department, right? Right. They were all paid by the State Department, including uh, Stefan Halpern,
1: for doing. What was it that he called psychological and and sociological work? And the DOD Office of Net Assessment. They were also paid from that group, too.
0: Yes. And and when you look into what he was supposed to have done for that group, it isn't even something that he does. So he was paid multiple times to be this spy. And so the Brits are doing this. Why? For globalism not uh, and for their own personal greed and aggrandizement as well as I think there was a good splash of megalomania in some of these people, as well mm-hmm. as just psychosis of, of the worst type, because they really can't stop. When you look at the right. history it's, it's of It's like Mal- a
1: drug. The, the power is like a drug for them. It's obvious.
0: So what I'm trying to get at is George Soros is a globalist, but he was always funded by the rogue CIA initially by George Herbert Walker Bush when he was the vice president under Reagan, and they took down the USSR. Later, George Soros did it again to Russia. And later, he's done it to 14 other nations, um, uh, currency manipulation, and he did it to Britain. They call him the man who broke the Bank of England or the man who brought down the British pound.
1: I'm not so sure that that's the uh, real story there.
0: Tell your part of that. I think you're right.
1: Well... we started looking at uh, Lord Malik Brown's relationships back in 92, 93, and what we discovered that is that uh, Malik Brown went on the board of one of uh, uh, the Soros Funds literally within six months of that supposed takedown of the British pound. And I always thought that was an attack against Britain, but what's going on there within six months of that event. One of the members, future members of the Privy Council, is it goes on the board of one of uh, George Solis' funds. I believe it was quantum fund, but don't quote me on that. Uh, Anyway, when you see that kind of activity, you realize something else is going on. And the story that they were, they took down the British pound. The question I have is, What were they actually trying to do and what changes occurred after that event? Because it's apparent that they were trying to orchestrate certain events to consolidate control in England. That's what it seems like to me.
0: Absolutely. And getting ready to force Britain into uh, really needing the European Union. And George Soros is going to then want... Uh, He has one central bank of the European Union, and he can manipulate that one bank easier. Well, that was
1: also when uh, Larry Summers and two other Harvard economists uh, went to the the, uh, former Soviet Union and proposed a very disastrous voucher system that supposedly privatized the the nationalized industries in Russia. But all they did was give the uh, industries over to outside forces, outside money, and the mob. And so that was all orchestrated, very clearly orchestrated by these people. So they were obviously raising money for something that they were up to. And that was also when Bill Clinton became president. So a lot of things were going on right then.
0: Yes, and when George Herbert Walker Bush, one of the major founders and leaders of the globalist movement, the New World Order, as he called it, when he saw that as the vice president, because he'd been given extraordinary powers to conduct foreign policy for Reagan as the vice president, Seldom has that ever happened in history. And we can explain why, but we won't go into that at this moment. But anyway, when George Bush and the Vulcans, the group that he used to take down the USSR, when they realized that they could manipulate countries, they went crazy. Yeah. And they did it to Russia and then they did it to the Russian satellites, and then they, with George Soros, did it to most of Asia, and Malaysia, and Indonesia, and all the way through, all the way up to now the European Union, and then Britain, and now he's gonna do America. And what does he want? He wants economic chaos, so he can swoop in as an economic terrorist, and take advantage of the situation, particularly currency manipulation, as he has done so many times before. But my point is this, Hillary Clinton, Followed along in suit, the Bill and Hillary followed along in suit with the Bushes. Because when Bush got out of being president, uh, Daddy Bush, H, George H.W. Bush, he joined the Carlisle Group and then created uh, the Barrick Gold Group and all these fake corporations where he just became, literally, in one year went from being a millionaire to a billionaire. When that was seen, then, hello, Bill Clinton had to have the same gig. And so, what did George Bush do? He was copying what the Brits yeah. and the Jesuits have done for centuries. Mm-hmm. And so, when he realized that he could do this, there's been no stop. George H.W. Bush was the perpetrator of 911. And we, we've already revealed that and all the evidence for it that you would ever need if you want to go into Truth News headlines and go to the search. Bar and plug in uh, the real cause of 911, you're going to be a little bit surprised because so many of the things that you're told miss some of the key economic points. And it's money. And these globalists, Bushes are not Americans. The Clintons are not Americans. And the Obamas are not Americans. And the Privy Council are not Brits. They are globalists and they are for themselves. And that's what I'm beginning to realize how powerful this is that these people are really war actors. They're enemies of the state. And it just has to become more and more clear that these are not just corporate actions for greedy enrichment. These are treasonous acts. In Britain, it's not treasonous. They don't have a constitution. They don't have free speech. They got a monarch. They get to do what they want. If you're in the Catholic Church, tough luck. You do what the Pope says. If you don't like it, join another church. But here in America, we're supposed to have a choice. And that's my point. My point is, I'm sick of the globalist manipulation of elections, of our economy, of our politics, and of our foreign policy. And that's why Trump is the answer to these things. Because he's destroying all these things, whether he is specifically aiming for them or they are collateral damage, it doesn't matter. The globalists are going down. And that is the best news that I know.
1: Well, in our research, one of the things we're seeing is that we're seeing these thousands of companies that are all like nested dolls in their relationships to one another. And, and, and it's becoming clear that when you assume that the answer to finding the conspiracy is to follow the money, and you see the what appears to be an irrational reaction to the election of Donald Trump, you start to realize, why are, you start to ask yourself, why are they becoming so emotional about uh, the election of one man? Well, w- even an evil system needs an organization to operate and they need certain rules within that organization. So what, what it's clear they've done is they've used theft and murder and war and everything else to gather their, uh, their wealth. But underneath that, when they're actually managing their wealth, they actually have to use fairly normal processes to maintain control. And they actually have to implement a level of ethics among their employees. Otherwise, they get their employees stealing from them, just like they stole to create their wealth in the beginning. So you've got this upper layer called morality, then you've got this single uh, middle layer Called these corruptocrats, and then you've got below that where they have another standard where they want you to go back to being and acting somewhat moral in order to manage their illegal and ill-gotten gain. So these mechanisms have been built over decades, if not centuries, and so that's what they fear Donald Trump, I believe. What they fear Donald Trump is going to upset is this mechanism that they know took decades and decades to build and could be destroyed overnight. So that's why I think they're fighting tooth and nail to stop it now, because if they don't, they realize the whole house of cards is going to fall. All these nested dolls are going to collapse in on themselves.
0: And those nine levels of nested dolls are the nine members of the Supreme Court. There you go. And they are the judiciary system. They are the fake justice system, and they act as if they have been appointed to royalty, to some monarchical position that gives them the ability to have higher judgment and direct connection to divine thinking, like, you know, mm, sure, Queen Lizzie is obviously has uh, the divine right of kings, right? I mean, obviously she's much better and higher and more divine than the rest of us, right? No, I think it's time to overthrow some of the monarchies on the earth that play like they're just figureheads and tutelary, and just throw them down and take their wealth and separate them from their own central banks. Because when you do that, you're going to find out that they're
1: ripping off the common people. But Douglas, I lived in England. I loved living in England. I love the Queen. So, what is it? What is it about the uh, what you're saying that that grates people so? uh deeply uh, about the idea that the queen is not an honest person because all the pr says she is an honest person all the pr says she's your grandmother and you know i i want to tell a story because i moved and lived in england and when we first moved over there you could only get three channels of television you got bbc1 bbc2 and itv and that was it you bought a tv in the store it had three buttons that was it and then there was bbc there were several bbc radio channels but it was all bbc so that's where you got your news and so they were trusted sources and so what what i now realize is even in the us our sources of news were so limited it was fairly easy to control the propaganda until the internet happened and and so consequently For that five or ten minutes you're listening to the news every day, you're hearing all these positive messages about the Queen and about the the British system and about America. You believe it because you don't have any reason not to believe it. And so you go on about your life, and as long as they don't mess with you too much, you don't pay attention to what they're really doing. What is the Privy Council really doing in London? I mean, most people who live and work every day in the UK don't have a clue what's going on and uh, they're just nice honest people like we have here and then uh, when the internet hit and this access to news started expanding you noticed how all of the the mainstream media started freaking out and trying to label everything conspiracy theory and when it didn't ca- when it countered their narrative and so i think what we're what we're what we're dealing with right now is this notion and idea that the monarchy in England is there for our benefit because that's been the PR our whole lives if we're British. Uh, And and there's a lot of respect for that all around around the planet because the PR the Queen has is pretty good. She's got the best PR money can buy. Uh, But the question we now have to ask is, given these facts, these facts are stubborn things, these facts about Sir Geoffrey Patty, about Lord Malik Brown, about uh, Stefan Halper, about all these people that are connected to the Privy Council, those are facts. And when we look at those facts, we say, whoa, this story we've been given about the crown may be wrong. And I think that's the cognitive dissonance I'm dealing with as somebody who really likes England and who really likes the British Isles and, and, and Europe. I lived there for six years. Uh, but I'm, I'm really having to deal with the fact that uh, the facts are telling me that what I've always believed may not be right. It's a tough one to swallow, Michael, it's the red pill. I, I lived there, I taught there in
0: uh, Forest Row in Sussex and uh, I love England and I love Europe and the things I'm saying hurt me horribly to have to say them. But the reality is nothing about the queen is true. It's all a big fat friggin' lie. Her name isn't the truth. She's not there to serve the people. She says she isn't in charge. She is. Her Privy Council makes her not a Brit, but a globalist. Her 54 nations that she rules, uh, what? Are all of them
1: offshore havens? I Probably every single one of them is an offshore haven. It looks like it, yes, because there's a lot of investments in Australia and New Zealand, um, all the Cayman Islands, the, the Bahamas, the... Um, Uh, Hong Kong. Now you asked earlier a very difficult question.
0: I'm going to try to answer this and it's a horrible thing to have to say, but it's the truth. So how is it that the people don't know that she is a lie and in every way a lie? Well, let's look at the black monarchy, those who have been deposed. They still continue in some cases. Can
1: can I stop you there? Mm -hmm. Can you explain what black monarchy means? Is that no longer in power. Okay, so they've been deposed. There's white monarchy, black monarchy. Okay. So let's just call it um,
0: no longer in power monarchy. But it mm. doesn't matter. Most of the monarchies in power or just tutelary, just figureheads only, all belong to the Knights of Malta. It doesn't matter what religion they are, what country they are. It doesn't matter. Oops, an insider trading group of the monarchy. And every time you hear the word kingdom, you should be very suspicious whether you're speaking of the Netherlands or uh, England or any other place that uses the word kingdom. In other words, there are no rights for the people. It is a kingdom and it is ruled from the top. And the nonsense that monarchies have a divine right of kings because they have a direct connection to a divine world is complete and absolute nonsense if you look at the record of monarchs throughout history. They are some of the worst people on the face of the earth, not some of the best. And they have not led their countries well. They have led their own, in many cases, their own path of perdition through the seven deadly sins in the most extraordinary uh, and grotesque ways, especially the British monarchy. So how do they get away with it? Well, yes, tremendous PR, but I'm going to have to tell you the truth. The truth is, how did the Vatican get away with, it, with what it got away with all those years, all those centuries? When a pope could also be married, have multiple wives or multiple concubines, many children, though taken vows to say that they didn't, uh, been the general of their own armies and killed people in the name of Jesus Christ. How can any religion go out and kill massive amounts of people? How can they institutionalize pedophilia? How can Britain institutionalize theft of the nation by the people in Parliament and the elite going into offshore accounts? In many cases, just an island off of England. Uh, it, practically every island. Right, Guernsey, <laughs> Jersey. Yeah, man. They don't have to go far. Two years ago, they said, "Look, you got to either give Islands. up. We, we're going to have to continue the examinations into pedophilia in the Parliament." or you're gonna have to give up your offshore accounts. They gave up their offshore accounts. This is literally a law. And then right after that, multiple members of parliament put forth the proposal that there be a law that says that the age of consent for a girl should be lowered to age nine. Now this is the kind of people we're dealing with. We're dealing with a bunch of very sick people. We're dealing with literally the British monarchy who were as aligned to Hitler, more aligned to Hitler The monarchy was than to Churchill and the British people. They were doing a deal. Matter of fact, the prior head of Britain was deposed. He stepped down and he went and became Hitler's uh, favorite friend. I mean, to say that the Windsors are not connected to Nazism is just closing your eyes or just point out that they are German descent and not Anglo-Saxon, British, Brit, anything like that. No, 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 they're the opposite. So what are we dealing with here? Fantastic lies. How big is the lie? The bigger the lie, the more easily it is believed. Francis, Pope of Rome, was personally responsible for the death of thousands when he was like a warlord in South America. People don't want to talk about that. Why would you ever believe a Jesuit was anything but a soldier for God who took his orders from the black pope, who is the head of the Jesuit order called the Society of Jesus? They are a militant organization that has taken the worst of all religions and made it Jesuitism, which is not Catholic, which is not Christian. It is political and it wishes to gain. Hegemony over the whole world, total world control. That's what the Jesuits want. Based on what philosophy? The philosophy of Saint Ignatius of Loyola. He he was a soldier who lost his uh, leg. He went uh, to uh, a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, came back, and went before the Pope and said, "Look, I want to start you a militant organization that uses the ge- the, the, the religious furor and, and 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 the zealousness." is such a word, zealousness of jihad and the power of pogrom. And we're going to combine them into a millennialism that says that Jesus has yet to come because he didn't come on a white horse with a sword and conquer the world and make Jerusalem the center of the world. So the Jesuits have a thing called apocalyptic theology and liberation theology. They have their own beliefs and that's what the Pope is. now. To hear that, a normal Catholic would be aghast. They would would be shocked.
1: Most I talk to right now are shocked by what's going on.
0: Well, the Catholic Church wants to kick him out. He's uh, deposed the previous head of the Jesuits and put in his own left-hand lieutenant, who was also responsible for the deaths of thousands in South America under the guidance of Francis. And he's deposed the head of the Knights of Malta and placed his own person there. So in other words, the Pope of Rome is out of control and his use of power, both with the Vatican Bank, which is the largest laundering machine in the world and always has been, and the manipulation of, uh, well, war. Let's just call it what it is. War, human trafficking, pedophilia. I mean, the Pope is saying open borders. In other words, he's saying human trafficking. Every time he says, refugees, you need to hear invaders. Every time he says open borders, you need to hear, Soros told me to say this. And open borders means refugees, so I get paid as the head of the Catholic Church money for every single refugee, but I'm not gonna let any of my walls down around the Vatican City, and I'm not gonna let a single refugee invader come in to vatican city there's not one that's being given refuge there okay Well,
1: with lord malik brown we noticed that he is a director or a trustee in dozens of ngos and if you look inside these ngos they're they're massively well financed they've got analysts that quote uh study different parts of the world and the best we can tell these people are just troublemakers they they, they gather information and what do they do with it? They, they, they Their websites are all beautiful and pristine and and tell a great story of, uh, you know, you hear birds and violins going when you read them. But when you, in fact, look at what they do, they do nothing except cause trouble wherever they study. Weaponized and, politics. Exactly. Weaponized. And, and, and many, oh, I forgot to mention in the last interview, uh, one of those NGOs, I can't remember the name of it right now, Uh, has a a number of American uh, business people involved. And one particular uh, had Larry Summers in it, had uh, Sheryl Sandberg in it, the COO of Facebook, had Frank Giustra in it. And it was all the usual suspects we're seeing in all this corruption in Washington. And that was in one of Malik Brown's many NGOs. So clearly they used this NGO as some sort of, I don't know whether it's an ego stroking uh, mechanism or money laundering mechanism but clearly they're in for no good well it's how they create color revolutions it's always ngos that
0: overthrow these uh, these uh, nations and it's always questioning an election or manipulating the election to begin with or creating a revolution that then causes an election and then they manipulate the election right so it's it's so all that the same they can story. then come
1: in and, and set up a, a a Federal Reserve type bank in that company, that country that they just deposed. Now, when the Pope would say um, to a nation,
0: I bless you, king of so-and-so, what did he just do? That's politics. He just appointed the leader. There was an election. God chose him to elect <laughs> the one he crowns. And so this divine right of kings was then shifted from the Catholic church and their wicked, wicked, wicked ways over to Britain. And when Henry VIII became the head of the Anglican church, he became the Pope of his own church. So he's the Pope of his own church. And then later with the crown, they became the head of their own bank that nobody can question. Uh, the, the, a member of the Knights of Malta, the big, biggest insider international trading group, international insider trading group, with the past monarch and the current monarchies as well as all the richest people and the, the people in defense and in business all become Knights of Malta, mm-hmm. okay? And so that
1: went over to the city of London. I was shocked at the number of American politicians that are involved in the Knights of Malta. Just pretty much anybody that becomes a name in the U.S. is invited to speak or eventually becomes a member. Uh, I had no awareness of that until I started hearing it from you. Supposedly, it's a charity. They don't do anything for charity.
0: It is an insider trading group. Now, what happened then? Well, the Catholic Church, with manipulation of money, had to use Jews who could charge interest on money. They had to borrow their money for wars from Jews or people who, would allow, who didn't belong to the Catholic Church belief that you can't charge interest on money, called usury. So they got court Jews. So in the city of London, the Rothschild became the court Jew. And so he's the one who started fiat currency. And then his sons and five other nations basically created a monopoly of banks. And then they started, they bought Reuters at one point to control the propaganda. And out of the city of London, people always say, I don't go after Rothschilds enough because most people believe that that's nonsense. It's not nonsense.
1: Oh, no, we found uh, one of the Rothschilds uh, was... Appointed a trustee of the uh, Intellectual Property Institute in uh, in 1995 with uh, Sir Geoffrey Patty and four other knights.
0: So, so they, they can steal of,
1: patents. Yeah, so they can steal patents. Which is the hugest? These are trillion-dollar patents
0: they're stealing. It's the creativity of your country. And so the Rothschilds. Let's just look at this. They had the physical gold and silver to create paper money. And they knew that if they created as much paper money as they had gold and silver to back up, that as the paper money flowed out of the country, the country, Britain, would need to say in the Bank of England, the central bank would say, well, we need more paper money. they'd say, okay, sure. But you haven't paid back the interest on the others, but we'll loan you more. It became an unpayable debt. That is an illegal thing. That is not even, that. Isn't that deal cannot happen. a debt like that cannot happen. You can never, when you know that the fiat currency is always going to leave your country because of trade, then you know you can never pay back the debt of the increasing the amount of fiat currency. That's what we do in America. That's why we have 20 whatever trillion dollars worth of debt to the US Federal Reserve. That was a British Rothschild trick brought to America. But let's go back. The Rothschilds used that gold to write 30,000 paper notes of gold on every ounce. In other words, they use that gold to leverage it 30,000 times
1: per speck of gold. Now, with that, the idea that, that nobody's going to check to see if the real gold's there, they're just going to pass the paper around? Correct. And if you try to collect it, then
0: they're going to charge you audit fees. They're going to charge you all these fees that will be equal to however much gold you say you're holding. Mm-hmm. We've seen people do this in America. Same thing with the uh, Nova Scotia gold banks in Canada. Same thing. It's just a scam. Uh, but anyway... Uh, When we go back to the Rothschilds, they controlled the daily amount that gold and silver was sold for. And when LIBOR rates, the interest rates between banks was created, literally out of the Rothschilds office, they're on James Street, and people say, I never mentioned this. I have, you haven't read our reports. The anonymous Patriots have told you all about this. All you have to do is go to the Rothschilds only recently After all those decades that they have been manipulating gold and silver to their own advantage and their library rates, they were caught doing it. Did they get prosecuted? No. They sold it to the group that owns the New York Stock Exchange now, and they set it according to a machine. Is it still rigged? Yes. Intercontinental Exchange Incorporated now has taken over for the Rothschilds. Does that deplete the power of the Rothschilds and the Bank of England? No. They control the Bank of England. Mm-hmm. now David Walker may control the daily running and he's on the Privy Council who works directly for the Queen or the Crown we'll call it because Queen Lizzie might be nice we know people who know her they say she's very nice she could be oblivious who knows but I'm telling you seems the institu- hard to
1: believe but it's possible yeah the
0: institution is not oblivious the institution is very clearly evil so what we're saying is that institution was brought to America And with the establishment of the U.S. Federal Reserve, the Rothschilds, through the Warburgs, through the uh, Rockefellers, through uh, all the people that were on Jekyll Island, those were literally... You mean the duck hunting club? The duck hunting club. These people came across the Atlantic, and when they arrived here, they were millionaires. But when they started, they were Rothschild clerks. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they had millions of dollars, which at that time was huge amount of money, to open some of the first. So, who banks. was the
1: president then? That was Wilson, was president then, wasn't he?
0: Yes. Okay. The
1: evil Woodrow
0: Wilson, who couldn't get the League of Nations passed, who couldn't get the Treaty of Versailles signed, who cre- who allowed the uh, the Greater Israel project to begin, who allowed the United Nations to begin, who. Created uh, a group of uh, entrepreneurs and the richest men and and the uh, lawyers who represent them, uh, the Enterprise, I believe it was called, which was later than uh, no, the Inquiry, excuse me, which was later than called the Council on Foreign Relations, mm. which from the moment of its inception, which was founded by a Jesuit, by the way, with Rockefeller money in New York, the moment it was founded, it's controlled our. And by form. the
1: way, Lord, that was one of the uh, NGOs. Uh, Lord Malik was a former chairman of the Council on Foreign Relations. I didn't catch that one. Wow. He has been the head of just about every evil yes. group there is. Yes.
0: He is amazing. He's busy man. He's like a Lord. He might be Darth Vader. I mean, we've been looking for Darth he Vader. We might. know who the evil emperor is. That's George Soros. He looks like him after he's depleted all of his energy. And now Darth Vader mm, might be Malik. He's 64 right now. I was going to say, is he half machine? Has he got some implants? Because this guy, no human being can do all that Lord Moloch has been said to have done. It's just not humanly possible. I'm exhausted just reading his resume. I, I have never gotten over it, and I still haven't figured out major parts of it. And so when you mention them, I'm going, oh, my heavens, Lord Almighty. They handed him the reins of everything?
1: Yes. Why? What was he being he prepared for? He was the front for? man. He, he, clearly, Jeffrey Patty was the the, the behind-the-scenes man, and Lord Malik was the front man for oh. a lot of this agenda. And he graduated from
0: one of his degrees from the University of Michigan. Yes. So he was in this country at the time that the evil patent thieves, that group that we've named so often, the Clintons, Chandler, Rosentine, Muller, Comey, uh, Crocker, uh, the whole group, the whole evil group. Holder. It's all the same people. He is one of them. Mm -hmm. He had to have been there because he has the inside track on all of that stuff too. Now, what I'm trying to get to the point, which is a very, very long point, and I apologize, that globalism was started with the Catholic Church. And then it went... To the city of London, and then it came to New York City and Washington D.C., which are one of the same, by the way. One controls policy; the other one controls the money. And if you, it think was the- interesting
1: reading the founders' attitude about that. They wanted to keep the financial controls separate from the political controls, and that's why we have Washington and New York. But clearly, they put that bullet train, what they call it, the. Uh, uh, I forget the name of that train that they runs between New York and Washington. So now it's just one big city. Exactly. And the United Nations was ruling America since the time
0: of George H.W. Bush came to power. That's just a fact. And if you don't know that, then you're not paying attention. And if you don't know that Trump is canceling everything in the United Nations, one after the next, as soon as he catches them, creating an overt crime that gets reported in the news. He withdraws a half or sometimes all of the money that we give to the World Health Organization. He's going to do it to the World Trade Organization, the World Bank. Remember, Lord Moloch was in control of the World Bank. He was the second in control of the United Nations and basically controlled refugees mm-hmm. and basically has created the policy of really... Oh, by the, the way... ...the invasion of Europe his refugee.
1: Britain. His UN refugee program... Uh, was the recipient of a Nobel Prize.
0: <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that. Yes. That's what I mean. I mean, it, it, come on now. Yeah. That's, this guy yeah, is no, just... So then what happened was, UN got established. The Council on Foreign Relations now determines all of our foreign policy, which turn, controls our, who we go to war with. The Highlands Group controlled DARPA and IncuTel, which controlled the weaponization of everything and how the military would use it as the military arm of the United Nations. That's all America was going to be, the military arm Mm -hmm. of the United Nations. It was not going to be, the money wasn't going to be controlled by America. And so when you see that the UN, where does the UN actually do most of its business? It's supposed to be doing it out of Washington, D.C., but it does not. It does its business out of New York City, the evilest place on the face of the earth. And so, what did we have? We have the transference of the evil, global, conquering uh, desire for hegemony, world control, of the Vatican, went to the city of London, and now went to the United Nations. Trump is knocking the United Nations down so that it probably won't even exist by the end of his second term. He's getting rid of those mechanisms, and he's kicking out because he's going to audit any time you are—he's
1: auditing all agencies. If he's going to audit, he better get a new set of uh, auditors because the ones—Ernst Young, KPMG, Pricewaterhouse, are all in on this. That's real clear from looking at companies' house records.
0: Well, the way I mean by audit is Mike Mike Mulvaney, what I call who I call Bulldog. He goes into the uh, what is it that um, the uh, the committee on um, business uh (laughs) that uh diane that pocahontas created Pocahontas. oh you mean the consumer protection bureau thank you very much i i don't remember its name anymore because it's not going to exist in another couple months he went in there to audit them when all their directors Who are a fake government agency paid by We the People, but we don't control them. They were stealing
1: all SES, by the way.
0: All SES. They were stealing money and then giving it to Obama to rechannel it
1: through his chosen NGOs, which were all left-wing. Same exact groups that George Soros funds. Isn't it amazing how these guys who don't do a lick of work have figured out how to siphon money off to their favorite entities i mean it's just fascinating
0: they're following the pope and the and the crown they are just following the lessons that they were given if they look at our real government the way it works they're going to see that the past presidents have all got their piece of the pie
1: in the same way like the privy council helps the crown see when i when i went to school i studied civil engineering and civil engineers really build stuff and if you don't build it you get fired these people build nothing, and yet are some of the richest people on the planet. That whole dynamic has got to change. We've got to record, we've got to start rewarding the really creative people, and these people need to go start working on a farm somewhere.
0: Absolutely, and exactly as you say, Trump is a working person, he's a capitalist, he became a globalist, he ruled the world, he's got the best, some of the best properties in the world, he... Uh, was respected. His brand is known worldwide, probably one of the top brands in the world. And then he said, well, I don't need to be a globalist. My country's been taken over by globalists. I need to be a nationalist. I need to get the Constitution, the Republic back. And so that is that gift. He comes in and he says, uh-uh, I know all about your globalism. I've been there. I've done that. Right. That's you not what's happening. do not
1: work. It don't work, exactly. And you do know work. You just steal. Oh, and you do know... You hit- just siphon. You just suck. Oh, and you do know work. Yes,
0: they're vampires. Right. Yes. And he says, I know about bankruptcy. I know about success. I know how to control the media. I know what the warlord bankers and brokers know. I am a shark in real estate in Manhattan. There's nothing worse than that. You got all the mafias. You got all of the crime. You got all the evil. You got all of the oligarchs from Russia and from everywhere else. You got the Brits thick. You got all of the evil SES. You got the Attorney General Southern District, Eastern District. Oh, no. You got the whole ball of wax. Now, wouldn't that that
1: depress most people? (laughs) Well, what I like about his background is uh, I heard that he attended Norman Vincent Peale's Presbyterian Church in New York. And I always liked Norman Vincent Peale's presentation of positive thinking. And I'm a a little bit younger than that. So one of my uh, uh, people I admire was uh, Robert Shuler out at uh, Garden Grove uh, Community Church, also a Presbyterian, uh, California. And he wrote books called Move Ahead with Possibility Thinking. And that's what I really like about Trump. He can look at the most evil, heinous problem on the planet and he sees an opportunity. I love that. It's like Putin. <laughs> Just
0: I like him. Why does he like him? He knows he's an honest mafia KGB oligarch. He can deal with it. Putin's not lying who he is. You know,
1: Putin and I might have met once. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, back, you have met so many people. It is uh, You back met Yeltsin, right?
1: I did meet Yeltsin, yes. Uh, back in the day when I was uh, doing gospel music groups, uh, I was uh, tagged, uh, followed by the KGB because I had met with a, one of our friends who had just gotten out of prison. And uh, in, uh, at the Leningrad airport, I was basically body searched uh, for whatever they were looking for. I don't think they found anything. But uh, I learned later that Putin was in charge of monitoring all foreigners in Leningrad right then. Well, so I you, either I met him or I met one of his immediate uh, subordinates. Well, you look pretty suspicious.
0: Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I mean, you end up everywhere uh, next to some of the most amazing people. I'm shocked you haven't yeah. met Queen Lizzie, uh, but your friends have. And one of your friends has met met with her in the stables with her horses and talked with her many times. And I don't want to just bash Queen Lizzie. She could be completely innocent and completely daft. I don't know, but I can tell you the British crown couldn't be any more corrupt. So here's what I say. I say Trump got elected. Every globalist tried to make sure that didn't happen. And that's why we have the Spygate. That's why we have the dossier. That's why we have Boris Johnson cussing Trump out in the British parliament over and over and over again. That's why we have world leaders Freaking out. That's why we had the trilateralists freak out. The Bilderbergers freak out. The Bohemian Grove freak out. It's
1: a little bit emotional for somebody that's supposed to be so aloof, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Trump has gotten emotions from them. He's messing up their entire financial structure right now. He
0: is the, the wrecking ball. He is a demolition crew. And so he came in, and just because he brought the rule of law and wants to respect the Constitution, the U.S. Bill of Rights, and his duties as the executive, a a duly elected executive. He says, I'm not a globalist. The globalists freak out. Who freaks out the most? That would be the Pope, one of the biggest globalists. That would be the Bushes. That would be the ex-presidents. They all freak out. Their whole thing is getting, it's going to be blown because they're following what the Queen and the Crown and the Pope have all taught them. And this system is old and it is a triumphant, which is people believed was unbeatable and right. was going to become the new world order. Well, it's guess the what? the
1: nom- nominee accounts in the UK. Those All American officials who hold stock in nominee accounts need to be disclosed. Because they are globalists
0: who are trying to take over our country. That's their ethical duty. With they- a new world order. Sorry, new world order. We have an order. It's called the U.S. Constitution and the U.S. Bill of Rights. And we have a thing called the rule of law and we have elections, and because of the landslide, we even beat you, Globalists, in your corruption of our election. We're gonna talk more about that soon, but the point is, you lost, Globalists, your tail is between your legs, and you need to just go on home.